Something dark is coming. The world of Terragard is a dangerous place. Grint, adopted son of the God of Thieves, has survived by stealing, cheating, and conning his way across the world when a necromancer hires him to rob the unrobbable city. It's too good an opportunity to pass up, and one he should have. Continue your journey in the world of Terragard with my first novel, Dark Ages, now available through Amazon, Google Books, iBooks, and through my website, www.dstierney.com. Welcome to Terragard, a world of adventure. Atos, come and face me! Of heroes. Elroy, jump! Of battle. Of monsters. Welcome to Terragard Tales, Season 2, Gods and Monsters, written and narrated by D.S. Tierney. Episode 2, Two Goblins Walk into a Tavern. The dry season throughout the Crow's Steps has always been known for its unbearable heat waves. Yet those who made the steps their home grumbled that this was the worst year they could remember. Bickerfrom, the aging bartender and proprietor of an establishment known as the Greasy Keg, couldn't have agreed more. A few years past, Bicker purchased the bar from a man in Flintlock, a kingdom with actual seasons, instead of the hot and less hot offered in the steps. At the time, it seemed a prudent investment. After all, what do people do when they're hot? They drink. Or so Bicker thought. That joke was on him. People in the steps rarely left their hovels unless they had to. Unless the establishment had entertainment worth the trouble. Bicker had tried a few bards, and even a saucy dancing girl. But they were as talented as they were cheap. Bicker, ever the enterprising mind, had saved his coin and soon would have enough to hire the same sensation from Gallop's Horn just ten miles south. Greeley would be furious at losing the girl, but that wasn't Bicker's problem. Now if the patrons would shell out the coins, Bicker grumbled as he spit cleaned a tankard. What was that, barkeep? You're going to unclench your cheeks and give us free drinks? The mercenary captain Beglin said to the great amusement of his squad. Not on your life, Picker said without lifting his eyes. The one good wrinkle to life on the steps was that every few months there would be a rebellion in Sangentide, or East in Golgana. That was on top of the rogue wizards, marauding dragons, pirates, barbarians, or random madmen combing the endless plains looking for ancient artifacts. Whenever it happened, the mercenaries arrived to offer their protection, and depending on the outfit the taverns could see some coin, 
Currently, they were in the midst of a goblin uprising from the Tear, led by General Nocturne. The goblin general had a few of the clans riled up and looking to restore some former glory. So far, the goblins hadn't stepped on land anyone cared about, so no major armies formed against them. Just a few militias or foolhardy heroes seeking their name. Hoping to protect the small, dusty town, the mayor hired a band of mercenaries, even though the fighting was happening far to the east. The mayor did like to feel important, but was stingy with his own coin. So they ended up with this lot. They called themselves the Last Forgotten, or the Long Forgotten. Bicker couldn't recall the exact name, and had even less of a desire to ask. There were eight men in total, although it seemed only three did any soldiering at any given time. The other five would sit in the tavern, nursing a single ale that they claimed the mayor was paying for, and eating their own rations. It was a horrible lot and circumstance altogether. When he hired Cinda, well, even these cry-damned bastards would pay. The sound of coins slapping against the bar brought Bicker back from his ill train of thoughts. He glanced up to behold a scrawny fellow with an overly large grin that should have seemed off-putting but fit just right on his face. All the hair on his head appeared to grow from the left side and swept over the top to sit in an uncomfortable pile. Bicker found that looking too closely at the man's eyes made him dizzy. They seemed to roll about on their own ever so slightly. Who are you then? Bicker asked as he glanced around the room counting five mercenaries planted firmly in their seats. You're clearly not with this lot. And where had he come from? Bicker didn't recall the door opening. Barty Hollemew Riggs, he replied with a winning smile as he extended a hand to say hello. Bicker took the hand and shook it. He don't actually care what your name is as long as you're buying drinks. One of the mercenaries laughed. The rotund one, Bicker thought. What was his name? Nikus? Too true, Barty replied as he removed his hand from the bar, revealing a handful of golden coins, a knuckle's width thick. Bicker licked his lips quickly forgetting to ask where the man came from. The weights are good from here to the Angors. After that, well, the northern types don't seem to like gold that isn't theirs. I don't expect to be traveling north, Bicker replied, not taking his eyes off the pile. Far more than enough to entice Cinda to join him here. And more... Bicker started imagining a full bard's band and maybe even expanding the common room. Rightly so, the scamp replied. Still, I trust this will cover the next couple of rounds. Bicker nodded feverishly as he set out new mugs and began filling them with ale. Barty turned to the room and began proclaiming his own good fortune in securing a lucrative trade deal with the Sandy Kingdoms further south. His hope was that the men of the long forgotten would consider being employed by him once the unpleasantness to the east had concluded. Be quick with the drinks, and we'll be able to consider the matter, Begling called out. The captain straightened his hair in an attempt to be formal, but it went back to rough shape right away. You must be the captain, Barty asked, his smile never faltering. Hey, Beglin. 
Captain Baglin, he replied. Not the Captain Baglin, Barty squeaked in excitement. Of the Siege of Barnthable? The Ravager of the Goblin Creases? The Hero of the Seashore Sunset? Oh, eh, not sure what the last one is, Beglin replied, but the other two with me. This is a great day. Allow me to sweeten the gift of ale for you and your men, Barty exclaimed as he pulled out a coin that glinted blue in the sunlight. It's a coin from the Sandy Kingdoms, complete with a naked mermaid on the flip side. Barty flipped the coin over his shoulder so that it landed with a splash in one of the tankards of ale. He turned around with a flourish of dexterity that Bicker had never before witnessed and shuffled the mug so that the one containing the coin was lost to the eye. Now, choose your mugs! The words barely escaped Barty's lips as the men jumped up from their lounging to grab up a mug. After that, there was little delay in draining those mugs as the men cheered and laughed. It turned out that a broad-shouldered man with a face full of black hair was the lucky recipient of the blue coin, and he wasted no time inspecting the promised visage of the mermaid. <laughs> well done, Wayne, Beglin laughed, then turned to Barty and commanded, More! Bicker found himself smiling, nodding his head in happy agreement. Oh, well, very well, then, Barty smiled. How could I deny anything of Captain Beglin? Another five ales, if you please, bartender. Uh, six, Bicker blurted out. I want in. Coin from the drinks wouldn't be enough. Well, it would. Bicker wanted more. He wanted a blue coin, too. Your bar? You're right, Barty said as he produced the next blue coin. Welcome to the game. Game? A small, high-pitched voice said as the door swung open and the dust swept in. Well, seems we came to the right place. All eyes swung from the bar to the newcomers, two road-weary travelers with many miles upon their cloaks, who also happened to be goblins. There was a rough shuffle followed by the bang of falling chairs, a rough scratch of steel against scabbards. Bicker's heart sank as the mercenaries, frothing with anger, prepared to turn his tavern into a battlefield. The greasy keg wasn't much to look at, but it wasn't a cry-damned, blood-stained charnel house. No need to stand on our account, the goblin on the right said with a smile. <laughs> Such ceremony is unnecessary. Yeller Goblin waddled to the table closest the door and blew a layer of dust from his surface. The table could use a bit of ceremonial cleaning, if you ask me. Thank you. The first Goblin said as he pinched his nose, waving a hand in front of his face. The insulted Goblin plopped down on a wooden chair. It creaked and wobbled as he lifted his arm to take a whiff. Has it been 30 days, Trimbo? Smells more like... 22. You know how I like to be punctual with my baths. Barkeep, three ales, if you please, the goblin named Trimbo said as he joined his companion. One for me and, uh, two for my friend Tweed. Give us one reason not to run you through, Captain Beglin said 
as his unruly lot jostled for position and first honor of attack. Bicker suppressed a chuckle. The captain looked more than ridiculous trying to threaten a couple of goblins while his long locks of blonde hair jiggled about. He ran us through. Whatever we drink will spill out, Trimbo said. Awful waste of ale. Gleeg replied with a sad shake of his head. And a mess for the barkeeper to clean up. Gleeg thought it through and brightened up. If it spills out, we can fill our mugs back up for free. That's not how it works, Baglin said. No, I've never been run through, so I can only guess at how it works. Leave off, and everyone sit back down, Bicker shouted, interrupting the tension. If they're paying customers, I don't care what they look like. An enlightened one, Trimbo said with great enthusiasm. How do we know they aren't part of the Goblin Rebellion? A thin mercenary with puckered purple scars asked. Us? Trimbo pointed at himself. No, 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 no. Fighting leads to dying. And there's no money to win in dying. Other people dying. There's plenty of money, Wayne said. And the mercenaries laughed. Ghoulish, garish. Unpalatable. As the goblins continued to express their opinions on the subject, they piled a stack of thin silver coins across the table. This got everyone's attention, especially Bicker, who regarded the wealth of coin currently occupying his tavern as a veritable dragon's hoard. The mercenaries followed their captain's lead and sheathed their swords. As they sat back down, they kept beady, mistrusting eyes on the diminutive travelers. Now tell us about this game, Trimbo said, shuffling the stack of coins. Each time he did, it produced a satisfying clink that sang like a siren song to Bicker's ears. The squirrely fellow by the bar is putting a blue coin in a mug and mixing them up. If you find the coin, you get to keep it, Pucker explained. Oh, that's generous. Trimbo replied with a smirk and glance at Puig. It was the sort of look that put Bicker's hair on end. Huh, do you want in? Barty asked, flipping one of the blue coins in the air. No, we prefer to wager on the outcome, Puig said as he dropped five coins in a pile, pointing at Captain Beglin. I say it's him this time. <laughs> Folly. Trimbo laughed. The fat one with a face full of bear fur will clearly win. The insult brought great rounds of laughter from the mercenaries who jostled the big man named Wayne. Joke's on you, little one. I got the coin last round, Wayne said. The wager stands. May you be doubly blessed. Trimbo dropped his own pile of coins to match Puig's. I'll take those wagers, Pucker said, pulling out a handful of silver coin. You were saving that, the dark-skinned man sharing his table cautioned. I'm feeling the blessing of Lady Lorelei in the air, Marcus, Pucker said, dropping his own coin into the pot. <laughs> well, let us resume, Barty dropped the next blue coin in a mug and shuffled them around. As they were handed out, the mercenaries tried to peer through the dark amber liquid to see if they were the winner. Failing any hints, they tipped the mugs back and consumed. Pucker lowered his mug first, the coin clenched in his teeth. I told you, he cried out, collecting his winnings and admiring the new coin. Next round's on me, 
Even Bicker cheered when he heard those words. On it went, the drinks flowing, the voices growing louder, and the wagering increasing in size. Sometimes the goblins won, sometimes they didn't. Bicker smiled as the patrolling mercenaries came in from the street to join the others. A joyous night ensued, surpassing anything Bicker imagined for the greasy keg when he bought it. A tear almost rolled down his cheek, never thinking he'd see the day when it happened. Still, Bicker's own negative outlook was never far from mind. Each mercenary now had a blue coin. Everyone did, except for himself and the two goblins. And the goblins weren't playing. Maybe he'd gotten too drunk, but the truth of that bad luck got under his skin. Why the long face? Barty asked. Everyone's got a coin, his words slurred. What kind of egg-brained addle rouser got drunk in his own tavern? Barty smiled and dropped a blue coin in a mug of ale and winked. His eyeball rolled when he did, and the eyelid got stuck halfway closed. The thin stranger banged the side of his face with the heel of his hand, and it popped back open, and he shoved the mug toward Bicker. It's cheating, the barkeep protested. No one will mind. Barty winked again. Bicker didn't need more coaxing, gulping the warm ale until he felt the coin clanking against his teeth. Plucking it from his mouth, he held it up, shouting in glee, but no one joined in. Barty clapped, but that was it. Even the goblins had lost interest in the game, counting a pile of coin that looked much larger than what they had brought in with them. Bicker laughed. What's funny, friend? Barty asked. Thinking of an old joke, Bicker said, snapping a finger as he squeezed his eyes shut. You can only remember the beginning, though. <laughs> Two goblins walk into a tavern. Ah, uh, yes, Barty said, and the jovial nature of his voice slipped into something darker. It wasn't always a joke, or sailors turned it into something lewd, involving goblins and farm animals. But the original version was something else. What do you mean? Bicker was finding it hard to follow along. There was an ache in his joints that had gone from annoying to alarming. But it was the Banyu who first coined the phrase as a warning. Two goblins walked onto the plains, but the third one was already there. Much to Bicker's horror, Barty reached under his upper lip and peeled it back. The skin stretched and squawked as he yanked it over his head, revealing a smaller goblin head beneath. Bicker tried to scream, but the words strangled in his throat. He tried to move, but couldn't manage even a twitch. Captain, he tried calling out, but found his tongue stuck to the roof of his mouth. They can't help you, Barty said stepping aside with a flourish toward the mercenaries. Bicker could only move his eyes and saw all of them in the same predicament, everyone frozen stiff in various stages of revelry, their eyes darting about in horror. It won't kill any of you, but Nocturne? Well, he's a different story, and he'll be along shortly. General Nocturne, the rebellious goblin general leading the armies through the plains. 
The last reports had him far to the east, but that must have been wrong. And these three were, what, scouts? Saboteurs to destroy any defenses they found? Bicker had been so close to some sort of greatness, but that was all going to burn under the goblins who marched through. Make sure he keeps the barkeeper alive, Trimbo said, shoveling coins into a pouch. Why? Barty asked. I won't be doing him any favors. We like him, Puig said, checking the mercenaries for any coins they had yet to lose. Fine. Barty reached out and ran a thumb against Bicker's forehead. The barkeep felt something wet left behind in its wake. They won't harm you or the tavern with this mark. What you do with that is up to you. Money. Bicker squeaked from a throat refusing to work. Your money is yours, barkeep, Barty said, turned to the others. It'll take a day for the paralytic to wear off. Are we done here? Almost. Barty produced a long silver knife from his pocket. He danced through the tavern, twirling his knife until he got to the famous Captain Beglin. And Barty jammed the knife into his left eye. And this? This is for my brother. Died at the siege of Barnthable. And then into his right eye. And this? For the two sisters I lost at the Goblin Creases. The third and final stroke killed the captain. And that? Well, that's because I just don't like you. This was it, Trimbo said as the three walked toward the door. We're done now. Done? <laughs> I think not. Barty pulled the human skin back over the goblin face. You'll be done when General Nocturne says you are. That wasn't part of the deal, Trimbo protested. You're lucky he's giving you two miscreants any deal at all. Now gather the horses. There are five more towns left along this road. Their voices faded away as the door closed. Bicker and the Greasy Keg survived General Nocturne in his goblin rebellion, and the now rich barkeep used that gold to help rebuild the town. He hired Cinda and even a bard's band out of Welliston. In five years, he grew the greasy keg into the largest tavern the Crow Steps had ever seen. Thank you for listening to Two Goblins Walk Into a Tavern. Please join me next time for Ashfall. If you enjoy the show, please consider leaving a five-star review. Reviews are like gold, and who doesn't love gold? If you'd like to join the Terror Guard newsletter, just pop on over to my website at www.dstierney.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at dstierney1, on Instagram at nebcron, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash terraguardtales. Terraguard Tales, all characters, locations, stories, and content are copyright 2019 and cannot be used or distributed without express permission.